Hey, Luisa, what's happening? Nothing, man. I've been working a lot. I've been uh, working too much. Capitalism is grinding me down. But also, fuck, dude. Uh, I saw this meme from, like, I follow, like, a, ni- a capitalist nihilism account on Instagram. And this meme today was like, I'm going to stay busy so that I distract myself from the meaninglessness of my ex- of my existence oh. <laughs> and i was like oh fuck that is me <laughs> it's like oh god that really hit me <laughs> and it like took all of this the air out of my sails however you say that where i was just like oh fuck everything that was keeping me busy for this whole week made me realize like oh it was, it's just kind of like a distraction from reality i guess i don't know how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I feel that way all the time. That's like yeah. a, a very, very common thing. I think that we all feel. I'm cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, we probably should tell the story of the guy who tried to fuck fuck me up the other night. <laughs> oh, dude! Well, um, interesting, interesting. So let's. I mean, before we talk about the guy that fucked you up, let's set up the context. Right. right. Well, right? The reason I brought that up is because you asked me how I am, and I'm. Yeah. I'll get Are there. Are you still thinking about it? Are you still thinking about this shit? It fucked me up, man. Like I'm it, still thinking about that it shit. It fucked yeah. up my brain, dude. Like Of course. <laughs> um I'm starting to kind of come down, but like I'm starting to hit a wall with this shit where like this stuff like really rattles me and it fucks with like PTSD and shit and like triggers all sorts of neurochemical crap and it fucked up my whole week. Wait, your mic went out again, Louisa. <laughs> ah, fuck. Hello? Yeah, well, what's going on? What's going on is that whenever I bump my fucking thing, uh-huh. uh, we have to reset the recording. <laughs> so just start over where you were and I will fucking splice it in. But what you were saying is like, uh, we were talking about how weird it is or how the shit just keeps, you keep thinking about it. Right? Well, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, I keep feeling about it is the problem. Like, yeah. I had a really weird experience with this shit because I uh, have been through this so many times that I like knew what was happening. And like yeah. as a performer too, like all this, I'm like hyper aware of like, oh, I have adrenaline in my system right now. I can use that for the stage or whatever. Just all this weird shit. I just had this very hyper aware, like fucking kind of manic body experience thing. kind of. No, man. It was just, I know my fucking body shot me through neurochemicals that produced like a little manic episode that i just had to like sweat out over the course of three days is it not just fight or flight no i'll get to that let's fucking tell a story let's go all the way back where do you think it starts okay okay okay. it starts at um as usual (laughs) i booked jake on a show and then something bad happened (laughs) (laughs) uh jake was on the show at union pool it's a great show and it was a great show even after the thing that we're going to talk about that happened but may have been better because of it yeah totally (laughs) but uh you did run the light so that is the thing that as the producer of the show i have to be like he did go crazy and run the light sorry but (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) nobody needs to apologize after the fact that it's very much a thing of like you knew what you were doing you shouldn't have done it but you like had to finish the thing you why it's it has all, right. in the middle of a long bit exactly i get it i get it um but it, i also feel like your set got elongated i guess or like whatever because of what happened before the show 
because you may have shown up there with like a an idea of what 10 minutes, 15 minutes you were going to do. But then this happened and like, how can you not address it? Right? Yeah. So, okay, from my point of view, what happened is I am going to a venue that I go, I've been going to for like 20 years or some shit, and I, I am producing a show there. So I'm like, okay, cool. Or not producing. I booked it. I don't, Claire and, and Emily run their own show. And I get there. And as I'm walking up, Jake, I see this like crazy dude to my right. Oh, you saw him? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, okay, so I missed your whole interaction. But when I walked up, this is what I saw. There was like a crazy white dude yelling at, like, he was like hanging on to the streetlight right on the corner. Yeah. And he was like yelling, like, I'm not going to leave here. I'm going to stay right here until the whole show. You can't make me leave. And then the security guy from Union Pool was standing at the door yelling back at him like yo you don't want to try me (laughs) (laughs) it was like a full-on battle between this like doorman at union pool and this crazy guy and so far i'm like i have no suspicion that you're involved you get me like i'm just like oh shit shit's going down at union pool right so i like kind of wait for it to die down and i walk in and then as soon as I walk in, the union pool security guard who's like hyped up also, he's like very fucking upset, ready to fight. He's in flight or fight. You know what I mean? But yeah. he's going to fight. And so he like looks at me and he's like, let me see your ID. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm like pulling out my ID. And Emily, who is one of the co-hosts and producer of the show, uh, walks up immediately and she's like, oh, no, no. she's She books the show. She's fine. So the security guy is like, oh, cool. You're fine. Come in. And I look at Emily and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is happening? And Emily goes, oh, my God, you have to go talk to Jake. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And she just goes, Jake just got here and there was like a dude that was trying to attack him. And then the security here was trying to get rid of that guy. But then they also tried to kick Jake out. And then I had to be like, no, Jake's on the show. So, again, this common thread of like. Uh, you don't seem like the rest of the performers, so they lump you, like the security people lump you in with the troublemakers <laughs> <laughs> that keeps happening to you. And I'm like, oh, oh, fuck, what do you mean? So, like, who's this guy? And she's like, I don't know. Fucking go talk to Jake. So I go to the back and I find you. And you're like, hey, man, <clears throat> crazy. <laughs> and so this is where we pick up and it's like five minutes before the show starts. <laughs> So you then explained to me. So now you tell me what happened because I this is where I showed up and I didn't see the part like five minutes before I showed up. Okay. Well, I'm going to be annoying. I'm going to start about four years ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, 37 years ago I was born in a small, I don't know. 36, please. I don't know. You're a fuck. I'm just fucking with you. Um. Yo, so you know what I've been thinking about a lot since this happened. So fucking one of the like the last times I really thought like, oh, you know, people from like different points of view and stuff and walks of life could really like live peaceably amongst each other <laughs> was like 2018 or so. And <laughs> you're like back when i was naive yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i remember i was um 
God, I think it was around the time I broke up with my girlfriend back then. And like, uh, I was like, I was thinking about starting a show and I was thinking about starting one because uh, I just wanted something to do. And I was like, you know, <laughs> comedy is this thing I've had in my life forever. And I was like, yeah, maybe it functions as a thing that you can do social stuff with. And I honestly, the older I get, the more I've been thinking about the fact that I've been doing comedy since I was a kid. And I like, I used it for certain shit when I was younger that it no longer works for. I think it's kind of what's going on. But I it was a lot. One of the last times I did this a couple times since then, but one of the last times I went, maybe I'll start a show and that'll like get me out of the house and give me an excuse to hang out with my friends and, you know, work on my set and shit like that. Um, so I started a show with uh, two people who are from different kind of places than me and i thought oh the three of us will be like an interesting variety and those two Ooh, other people i know what show you're talking about yeah okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. claire o'kane who's yes, cool yes. and a friend of mine and the co-host of the show that you were just on this weekend exactly and the other one was ian Fadance, who had not lost Has his fucking mind down yet a terrible path <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was just a guy and like dude ian can i tell you something yeah. let me just interrupt here because ian is one where like He's a real, like, fucking question mark qu- craziness for me. Look, I have come to understand that a lot of times comics that I thought were really nice people were just being nice to me. Oh, absolutely, Louise. Right. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And so, like, Ian was one of the comics, like, dude, Jake, when my cat died, yeah, Ian showed up to a show that I didn't even produce but that he knew I hung out at. Yeah. And he brought me, uh, like, orange tea and his... <laughs> favorite chocolate bar and he was like this is like my favorite chocolate bar and this tea helps you relax and i'm really sorry that your like cat died and like it was just like so personal and nice like nice nice young man (laughs) you know what i mean like i just did fall for it and i don't even mean like fall for it because i do think he was being sincere but then and then to add to that like he's by he is, uh, you know, he's like a punk kid. He, there's so much about him that should put him in our camp. Yeah. But instead, because he has gotten a mod- modicum of success through being adjacent to some of these seller guys with more antiquated ideas, he's become a kind of comic that, like, serves those antiquated ideas and has become, like, a token of, like, look at me, I can be a young queer man and I can also be like, isn't it crazy? All these pronouns, <laughs> like whatever. I'm not saying he said that, but yeah, but like, but he's going right. down that angle, right? Louisa, let me tell you. Yeah, my, yeah. I my... don't know. It's just an aside because he's one that also, like, separately from your feelings and experiences with him, my feelings and experiences with him are specific and real. Like, I'm just like I am confused as to why he's not on our side. Well, let me tell you a story that'll corroborate everything you just said because you're right, yeah. I think. And like yeah. and it's like also like, you know, look, I fucking I know we're naming names here and I'm not trying to like fucking drag anyone here or whatever, but this we're is a sad him. story yeah. to me because I met this dude when I was working at Old Man Hustle way way back in the day and right. uh he was like uh, one of the guys one of the comics that just did a million spots and then always came through and hung out and stuff and drank a seltzer cuz he didn't drink and all this shit yeah yeah and uh and we were friends like I I I like the guy you know but yeah. um so enough to where like I would invite him to like parties and stuff like outside of comedy just stuff that me and my girlfriend at the time were doing and shit and <clears throat> the thing is, like, around that time, so I, I talked to him and he was telling me, 
about how he used to be a really bad drunk, right? Like a fucking, like, you know, drank so much vodka, the stomach lining came out of his fucking stomach drunk or whatever. And so he got sober and went through like halfway house and shit. And he's sober and like, I don't mean to fucking uh, diagnose people with shit or whatever, but it's just something I've noticed with like addicts, you know, kind of being one myself, you know, is that's where (laughs) most of this stuff is coming from. Well, I I mean, my stomach lining is still in my stomach. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we're all. But we're we're functional addicts. That doesn't mean we're not addicts. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. So um, so like I understand addictive behavior and shit like that. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, replace it with comedy and then they just get really, really, really into playing the game and shit because like you get really lost in the sauce. Like I've every time I say something like this about a person, got to understand I'm saying it as someone who has been that person. Like, that's how I have yeah, an intuition. You're not this. judging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, I remember when I, my whole life was just like, who's yeah. getting booked and whether I'm getting booked or not is what's important and all this crazy shit. It was just like weird. Just being isolated within the tiny framework of a thing that ultimately doesn't matter. Right. But um, he was just real into comedy. And I remember that. And, you know, but it was fine because I was like, eh, you know, I like this thing. I do spots. I really wasn't, though, because I was in love and I was like living a full life. And I still <laughs> yeah. did comedy. But comedy is the nuisance <laughs> it was really it was like a thing that my girlfriend found annoying and like i was yeah. like yeah these people suck i get it like this does suck yeah. i just kind of sometimes i go do this right and um that's why fuck when we broke up it was like oh, shit i have to go back to comedy that sucks right but like um he comedy I, is your side chick <laughs> that i'm like stuck with now and yeah, she's like laughing no, she's like the only one that puts up with my bullshit so <laughs> so he but so he he was hanging around you know, me and some other people. And this is right around the time that Nick's fucking podcast, Come Town, was starting and like starting to pick up s- steam and shit, right? And he, Ian was going on it sometimes. And he confided in me at one point, though, uh, because my fucking, me and my friends and my girlfriend and shit were all just like, you know, kind of fucking freaky queer weirdos. You might call us polyamorous Brooklyn witches or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> We talk about polyamory too much to everyone. Right. (laughs) He told me that he was going through something, and what it was is that he was kind of gay. He was bi or whatever the fuck. I don't know how he does. I remember when he was figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And like he fucking took a. I remember he took. He came over to a party I was having, and he took like mushrooms or something, and then he had just had a weird bad trip. Just in like a, we just were like, hey, you can go take a nap in that room if you want or whatever. And I remember realizing afterwards, like, oh, he's going through some shit, right? I sure, I've all been there. He told me later, he, you know, he was like, oh, I had all these paranoid delusions. I thought you guys were planning to kill me and shit. And I was like, I've been there, man. Like, I get it. Been there, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so he, but the thing is. I think the reason he was so freaked out is because he really wanted to go on that podcast on come town because he was getting a lot of juice out of it for his career, but it's a fucking scary podcast because they're mean to you about shit. And if you're a closeted like person, you're going to have, you're losing your fucking mind going, what if these people figure out I'm gay and they're going to call me all these fucking things and stuff. So I think what he did is he outed himself like, but so that he could continue to do shit like that and network in ways like that. And that's a kind of an unhealthy way to do that. And yeah. so he did that so that he could, like, be Benefit shielded or like individually, yeah. but still support a massive system that fucks with other queer people. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, if you're a queer person, whoever makes any joke about pronouns or anything like that, like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, he, yeah, and he's doing like a lot of that comedy too, and, and yeah. it's like there's like self-hating, you know, people of all fucking identities, right? Uh, I think that's kind of what's going on there. But so here's what, what happened. Just to interrupt really quickly, of course, uh, uh, with a Gary Goldman joke that I'm just gonna fucking throw out here, but. It it just was really funny that you brought this up because I was thinking today about one of Gary's jokes since I have to not have to, but I do, I get to see him twice a month working on his hour. And one of the things he talked about was like sell the idea of self-hating Jews. And he was like, that's crazy to me because I'm a self-hating Jew. <laughs> he's like, like, I hate myself, but I love Jews. <laughs> so then I'm like, yeah, that is a misnomer. <coughs> And I, I think it's a misnomer to say that a queer person who speaks out against queer people, because also, okay, uh, fuck, what's her name? There's this trans conservative woman who is like, um, she's like a YouTube personality and she posts herself with guns and stuff, but she's a trans person. So it. It's almost like for conservative people, it's like, oh, look, she validates all of the things that we think are correct. Yeah. Even though we don't agree with her identity. And she lives off of this validation of like, my ideas are all correct, despite my identity. You get me? So it's like very much like this, like, like when OJ Simpson was like, oh, I'm not black. I'm OJ Simpson. <laughs> you get me? Like it's. Yeah. This distancing yourself from the group that you're actually a part of by insisting on your own individualism and how that somehow both puts you in the position to be able to comment on the entire group, but puts you above the entire group because you're not like them. And it is self-serving and shitty. Yeah. And it, I mean, it yeah. also just like allows you to disconnect from uh, having a like, not just like politics, but just like, morals and ethics and stuff praxis, I would pra say praxis. praxis. Like an actual practice the, yeah, yeah that is yeah. beneficial to other members yeah. of that group by insisting that well if i get mine then that's you know good for that's whatever all it is. That's all and it like it's just yeah. it's tokenism i mean it fucking you know you serve as a way it's like why they hire black people to be police officers so they can be like you can't call us racist right but it's like okay but you're just hiring a black person to enforce white supremacy against yeah. other black people. Like that's not how the fuck it works. So, well, so whatever we all know that. Right. But like, so yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. And I kind of don't think that he really like understood, uh, that that's the thing is like, you know, I know fucking addicts and stuff and like young fucking lost comedy kids and shit. And he was really into punk and I was really, I'm very into punk shit or whatever. Yeah. I just remember, like, you, you guys do seem like you should be friends. Yeah, I mean, I Honestly, remember when yeah. I met him. I was like, oh, cool, right? Yeah. Punk, cool punk kid. He likes ska music. Yeah. It's cool, right? Um, he had a fucking show at the Creek called. It was a. It was, it was really funny. It was a show that you would go do uh, a story about how if you used to be into ska music when you were younger, which is a very common yeah. thing for like punk what people. Do you do now? So it was called. <laughs> it was the show. Was, the show was called a checkered past, which is like. Mm -hmm. Because that's all our shoes checkers are aesthetic uh -huh. of Scott. So yeah. funny, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what this guy used to do, right? It just used to be his deal. Yeah. Like, he used to make fun of cops and shit. And then slowly he started yeah. like as he started working his way into that world, he started to like you'd hear him like, you know, not so much like outright um like praising police officers, but really bashing people that are critical of police and stuff like that, which is exactly. how conservative reactionary shit works, is that you yeah. you hate 
more than you support shit. It's you you become very aggrieved and agitated and resentful about like whatever about fucking anyone who defund has and shit like that. A, a grievance. Yeah. So you take them personally. All this stuff was happening and we were still kind of friends and I would walk <clears throat> we were like walking around one time I remember and he was like um uh yeah I, I said something about bernie sanders or something and he went like um yeah i'm not down with all that communist shit that you talk about man and i was like um <laughs> okay D- fucking good to know ian like that's that's a you know that's a meaningful statement to me but i think to him he was like yeah we i can say that and then we can just still be friends or whatever and i was like yeah uh no like that's <laughs> something i take rather seriously yeah. and he you know he said that to me and i was like huh and then i just noticed that he like kept walking and he was still smiling and he was like this is normal like friends could just say yeah. shit like that to each other and then like another point we were like at our show and he said something to me he said um hey jake i like you but i don't like the things that you say on twitter and I kind of thought about that and I was like, uh, that means like you don't you like don't me because like those are my <laughs> thoughts. And like, I'm not you cannot compartmentalize me into, you know, if you find me annoying on Twitter, like you we probably shouldn't hang out like you, you, we that is me. And I say things I mean, I know I'm loud and fucking whatever, but like yeah. uh, but I'm not playing a character and you can't compartmentalize like this. And you just told me you don't like me, you know, yeah. and that's kind of weird that I it's weird to me that you would say that and then continue to just like pal around. But do you, re- you realize that it's because he's compartmentalized? Yes. So he thinks that your compartment for comedy is like, oh, that's not that good. But I still like you in your personal compartment because he doesn't realize that you are not separating those two compartments. Like right. you're Jake, like the reason that you and I get along, or I think that you and I share any kind of point of view, I think is because we share this idea of decompart decompartmentalizing our um psyches, I guess, right? We I would say that you and I share the idea that we don't have a desire to pretend to be anyone other than we are, even if it is profitable for us. Yeah. Right? And it is something that the capitalist comics don't like. They cannot wrap their heads around it. Yeah, it's ideologically enforced. They're like, "What do you mean? Of course you do this. This is what is done." Them, what you're doing is self-defeating. And you know what? In some ways, it is self-defeating, right? So we have to admit that because in capitalism, it's self-defeating to not want to compartmentalize and provide something. Look, I've been watching um, the morning show on Apple TV. Have you ever watched that? Where is this going? Ah, listen. Have you watched it or no? No, no. The morning show. Yeah. It's a show on Apple TV, totally fictional, but it basically is about, I guess, like the Me Too movement and shit, right? So it's about, like, picture, like, Good Morning America or whatever. Uh-huh. And the male host gets outed in, like, the first episode for raping or uh, having sex with his uh, subordinates, right? Mm-hmm. And so he gets canceled. And so the entire show is really about the fallout of that. And it affects like his female co-host, his producers, like everyone who was running the show. It's extremely interesting because of this idea where Jennifer Aniston is in it and she's the female co-host, right? And basically her entire career her entire success is based on the fact that this man chose her or like supported her as his co-host. And then she underwrote everything he did. And then when it came out that he was like 
in sexually inappropriate to say the least with women on staff and stuff like that. She, her defense was compartmentalization, right? Her defense was like, part of what I do is for my job and for my career and I have to do that. And it's separate from who I am as a person and a woman. And I would never support these like fucked up things that a man does to women as a person. But in my career, <laughs> I know that my wagon is attached to this person. You get me? Uh-huh. So compartmentalization makes abusive and fucked up situations possible. Yeah. Because it allows you to believe that your personal self-interest is separate from how your self-interest affects everyone else. Yeah. I mean, this is very common thinking that people talk yeah. about like having, uh, you know, being able to like, um, not talk politics with your friends and stuff like that. It's a very, yeah. very bougie American or thing. Or go to holidays with your family, but you won't bring up any politics and then <laughs> still love each other. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You're not real with each other at all. Yeah. It's like yeah. this weird thing where you're like, okay, we're going to disengage from history like temporarily while we're hanging out with each other. But like you and I are like, no, it's history's happening. Right. That's what it is to be conscious right now, of all this yeah. stuff. So like, like, um, also, I mean, history is happening like fucking part. The New York comedy scene is part of it. I'm sorry. There's weird shit happening with Absolutely. politics and stuff right now. So, like, that's why I take this shit very seriously. Right. So, like, he was telling me we were having that weird conversation where he's like, basically just like, I don't like you. And I was like, well, that's weird. I run a show with you. And that's like when I really started to check out of that show. And it was yeah. funny because he started to get booked at the cellar right on that time. And then Claire started getting tons. Of, she's like a huge. She's got shit going on so she would just be like hanging yeah, out she with she went on to write to it right on snl yeah and like yeah. but she'd always be like she's she's very she's very chill and down to earth to hang out with but sometimes i'm hanging out with her and she's just like oh hey this is my friend al and i'm like claire i know who weird al is like you don't have to say <laughs> she, she's a so like whenever she was like oh i got something else going on i'd be like you probably do don't worry about my stupid bar uh, show yeah. right um <clears throat> but so we all started to kind of have like a, she's your ferris bueller yeah <laughs> we, <laughs> We all started to have this like kind of, you know, drifting apart thing, which is like totally fine. But I remember that. Normal, yeah. But I remember also like when I was talking to Ian about that like thing where he was just like, ah, I don't like you. And he just like thought it would be no big deal to say that this dude fucking talked to me. He talked at me for 20 minutes straight about why how good he thinks he would have been on. I love the 80s. Right. And I was like. <laughs> Okay, hold on. This would be an unbearable conversation, like, normally. But after this thing where you just said you don't like me, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, fuck this, that dude. That is very, um, how, what do you call that? Like, uh, unaware? Yeah. I don't know. Like, how are you not aware of your audience and how they're feeling? Especially as a comic. How are you not aware right. of your audience's reaction to what you're saying he's he did that shit and then he handed me a sticker of him that he made <laughs> and he just i swear to god he's like a pokemon like he said his own name he just went ian and then he ran off and i was like what the fuck how self-involved like you know could you be to just be like people around me aren't real it doesn't matter if i say shit like this to them and then yell my own name and fucking run away right crazy yeah. so i remember i started to think like this is a little weird like this guy's uh, something's going on here but like i just sort of forgot about oh my god jake i haven't been recording any of this no oh wait i have yeah. you have oh my god fantastic yeah okay keep going <laughs> um <laughs> okay should i just give you the file at the end i guess yeah at the end yeah okay you just keep going god damn it that's why i recorded <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never hit record after the same part, but I got the first part. 
<laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Well, hold on. Let me get your. Ah, you're just gonna sound like you're on the phone for this one. Whatever. I don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> We're a very lo-fi podcast. If you have a complaint, you better be paying five dollars to yell at us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, so then, like, things accelerated in the year 2019 pretty hard. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, and he would start to, like, join in with, you know, all these other people tweeting fucking mean shit at me and calling, he, you know, he would, he does a thing where he calls me a homophobic slur, which I think he thinks is okay, like, he can say it type thing. But it's like, there's a lot going on there, dude. You kind of are just using that word in so many ways. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, and I just, just because of, like, shit with, uh, with, with that whole world, he, you know, just was could not fathom like being a friend to me during all that and like picking my side. So he yeah. was he just absorbed a lot because of. Because it was not career; it was beneficial to his career. Yeah, and but also I think that's important to point out. But I think because it was not beneficial to his career, it's not as though he even consciously decided. He was like, "Reality is what is beneficial to my career." Yeah. So then he just was like, "Well, Jake must be being a horrible person if he's against mm, these things that yes, are in my yes. interest, right?" And yeah. so he just yeah started saying weird shit like that to me, and that was I mean there was a lot of this going on back then he was one of many people i was like well I'd fuck off i'm never like i don't care i don't care about this yeah. anymore you know it's not how i live my life i'm not networking here i'm a person right and <clears throat> i kind of forgot about it and i hadn't really thought about it much until like uh i was on tour with eve six and a ska band which he's really into ska so we are the union was on that tour right and i think that really pissed him off because he wanted to be like the ska yeah, guy I'd love to be that guy yeah so he did something i thought was really lame which is he would tweet at them and he wouldn't do like hey you shouldn't book jake tweets he, he specifically did this thing that libertarians do that's like um not you know uh competition as in fighting each other but just like uh, you know, presenting an alternative. Yeah. Like what if I am a better, th so he would just be like, yeah. Hey, what, what if you booked me, you know, but it's like, it's not as though they tour with a comedian ever again. Like this is the one time they've done that. So it's clearly about me. Or and I, yeah. and I, I was talking to like the people in the band about that and stuff. And I was like, there's this guy, he's like really angry about this. Just FYI. And he, I think he's, yeah. He's from Philly, and one of the bands we played with called Catbite is a really fucking good ska band. And they, uh, I think he did like a music video with them or something because he just like decided like I gotta fucking hit all these people up or whatever. And it was just yeah. like okay, it's getting annoying, you know. But like, here's where here's where things get interesting. I think is like I I told him when he started saying like that he's against communism and all this stuff yeah. and like that he fucking hates all this shit that I'm saying. You know, I was like this stuff is important and like you when we talk like individually and you, you dis make decisions about you know whether this benefits you or not you can compartmentalize me and do a thing that a lot of people do which is just call me a lunatic right yeah. and be like and dismiss be dismissive about it yeah and be like wow it's so crazy that you're like you know into this shit or whatever um but it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass i guess is what i was thinking and I think that he really, because he was in that world and he was pandering to his audience and his audience was reinforcing, um, you know, his point of view, he slowly turned from this punk kid into this fucking young Republican guy because, Absolutely. you know, as we talked about a million times on the show, the audiences at comedy clubs in New York City and in that world are tourists. Amongst the most conservative. Yeah. The, you can find in, in the city. They're, they're the people who voted for Trump. Like, it's yeah, not, people absolutely. like to imagine... You know, liberals like to imagine, oh, the coal miners elected Trump. No, it's like 
you know, the just massive glut of people you see at Costco. Like, that's it, right? No, and Jake, to me, when I hear New York comics making fun of Brooklyn comedy, right? Yeah. As like a category, you are, you are, you're, it's such a pathetic cop out. It's so hacky. It is such a hack thing that you're doing because how do you not realize that, dude, good on you congratulations you're passed at the clubs in the city nobody begrudges you this but how do you not realize that when you are at the clubs in the city you are playing to the most conservative audience possible in new york city new york city literally the fucking capital of the world so great you got the fucking amish of new york city (laughs) (laughs) you know fantastic you got paid you are at the place, you're at the cellar, you're at the New York Comedy Club, you're at the places that are fucking storied and important. But how do you not realize you're playing to the old conservative fucking tourists? And how do you not feel like it's necessary to check yourself constantly by making sure you're still funny to these, quote, Brooklyn audiences. Because you know what? It's not just Brooklyn. It's also the Bronx. It's also Queens. There's also everywhere outside of Manhattan where you will have audiences that are not just white tech finance marketing bros. Yeah. I think it's confusing because New York City feels like a liberal place and Manhattan is the center of New York City. So, like... People that don't think about this stuff and try to sharpen their mind and really like see the ones and zeros of social science and shit everywhere, it's it's easy to make these like soft assumptions, I think, and just go like, oh, there's just like different, like there's just, I don't know, these subtle differences. But like, really, like stopping doing comedy for a while, for example, gives you perspective. And then you look at this stuff and you go, oh my God, like these people are doing boomer jokes. Like, absolutely. Saying Bushwick as a punchline is like mm-hmm. a million years old. Like, my mom thinks that's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's crazy, exactly. right? Um, but it it works. And honestly, I think a lot of people, and you know, not really their, entirely their fault, but like, don't realize how indoctrinated they are with conservative yeah. ideas. So the, the, the thing where they start pandering to conservative audiences and that works a lot better is uh, that's part of what leads you down that road. And part of it is that the work is there and you make money over there and shit. But yeah. it's easier for some people, I think, to, to work a, sh- a stupid fucking Manhattan room than it is to, like, make, like, the knitting factory laugh. The knitting factory is fucking hard for me and I'm a weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, or rest in peace, like it was. Um, <laughs> R.I.P., yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Union Pool is, uh, it is why, like, even as a person that runs shows in Park Slope, Park Slope is soft. <laughs> you know, Park yeah. Slope is easy. I think that uh, most of the bookers know what to give Park Slope and the comics know what to give Park Slope. Uh, but it's not a particularly challenging version. So I want to say like, uh, like Park Slope comedy is similar to Manhattan comedy in that it is a specific audience that is being served to. Right? Yeah. And so for Manhattan comedy to act like the only real comedy that's happening is in Manhattan and everywhere else it's just pandering bullshit, it's like the it's actually like an inverse view of what's actually happening. Yeah. Because what's actually happening is all of the outer boroughs are actually exploring different voices, different identities, different things that they find funny. And that are very bespoke to specific rooms and specific um, neighborhoods and specific cultures. Whereas 
Manhattan and I would say now Park Slope are very purposefully producing towards what you want. You get me? Right. Like, like the artists that are flourishing there are not producing for themselves. They're producing for what that market wants. Yeah, because Park Slope is kind of a suburby kind of place. So it's like a yeah, place that's Park Slope fixed. is where the people, the Manhattanites who want to have babies but don't want to leave New York yeah there's also just this like thing where um you know you make money in the clubs whereas in brooklyn you have a good time and you have a couple drink tickets so like and and if you don't have to pay for a cab (laughs) yeah and the idea that you're making money and this is a career path place and there's fucking pictures of famous comics on the wall that came up out of there that reinforces people's like indoctrination that like well that means this is real comedy this is like the pro level stuff if you're getting paid for it meanwhile like you know i looked up like the fucking highest paid comics of all time the other day one of them no one has ever heard of he's a puppet act in vegas i forgot his fucking name (laughs) and it's like if you believe these logically like the the money means the good comedy like the the highest paid people must be the best comics and one of them is like objectively shit like he sucks right so crazy right but anyway we gotta keep well, moving. and I, I would also add here that, like, uh, <clears throat> me, Marianne, uh, several producers slash bookers in Brooklyn pay at least as much as the clubs in Manhattan for a spot, if not more. And I, I just am like, how, how do you, how does anyone think that New York comedy still resides in Manhattan? Like, it doesn't, man. Yeah. It absolutely doesn't. New Brooklyn is driving both the new voices and the prices and the fucking audience expectations. All of it. It's, uh, it's a future forward sort of comedy audience, whereas yeah. Manhattan is a backwards looking comedy audience where they're serving people who um, are past their prime but still want to come back and like re- recapture their youth. So they're like, Bridge and tunnel motherfuckers yeah. who already moved to the suburbs to have babies. And then they're like, this is my one date night a month. So I'm going to go into the city to the comedy cellar to watch this fucking guy regurgitate fucking right wing shit at me. That makes me feel good. Dude, it's it's as, just as a suburbanite. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking one step from just straight up fascism. And then the next person is like, is anyone here on a date? And you're like, wow, cutting edge <laughs> comedy. No one's ever asked the audience if anyone's on a fucking date yeah. before. Right. Which is so form is also fucking. I'm, hack so, and glad I, in, I'm right? so glad I got a babysitter. Come here and hear you ask the audience. Dude, I used to. If they're on a first date. <laughs> I used to work at Old Man Hustle there and it was the room is so small the comics wouldn't hang out in the room. Like they'd hang out on the street and then go run in and do their set. So they wouldn't watch each other. So I swear to God, I would have showcases where nine people in a row asked the same couple, Are you on oh a date? And it's like you fucking suck. Like God, what's wrong with these shit's happening? Biggest okay. biggest one. Yeah. So you know, actually I there's a comic in LA I saw it do a really funny like uh post that, like meta bit on that. Or um was her name? Andrea uh Moore, I think. She Moore, uh, yeah. She does she's this thing that made me laugh, I think about sometimes. She uh goes to one of the people like, Oh, you uh front row all the way on the left. Uh you and then uh uh third to back row, uh middle seat. Are you two on a date? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Just makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, I anyway. love it. I've had. No, no, no. I did. I tell you about it. Go ahead. 
I hate to make a Gary reference for the second time, but I have been watching a lot of Gary. <laughs> but he has this joke where he's like, he talks about like if he was if he was on a date and he went to a comedy show and then the comedian was like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" He's like, he's, he goes like. I would be so mad. I would just look at him and be like, hey, man, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be telling jokes. <laughs> Which I think is so funny because it's like, what are you doing? Like, I crowd work is bullshit, man. It's a fucking crutch. I'm so sorry. The only person on any show who should ever be doing crowd work is the host. And that's because the host's job is to sacrifice themselves to throw themselves on the fucking pit so that everyone else looks good and does well yeah so the host is supposed to do the crowd work eat the shit talking to people be the one interrupted by people talking like yelling shit out at them and then they're supposed to be like everyone else you respect them watch this show when i get back on stage you can talk shit to me you know yeah crowd work is a crutch it is not a skill I'm sorry. It is a skill if you want to be a radio personality. It is mm-hmm. not if you want to be a stand-up comic. It, it is as a tool for controlling the room, Jake. Yeah. But it not for doing your art. Does it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, Yeah, I know. I follow you. I mean... I, it's it's it, like knowing how to stretch a canvas is different than knowing how to paint. It can be done like yeah. interestingly. I've seen it. There's some amazing Absolutely, things that happen. But that's not your primary fucking talent. It should not be. Yeah. I mean, unless you just want to. Just with comics, sometimes I'm like, what did you want to do when you started? Did you want to be a warm up clown? Like, I don't think so, right? But right, you fucking exactly. Your did you want to be like, I think of, um, uh, what do you call them? On, uh, <clears throat> what do you call those cow things? Uh, Rodeo clowns? Rodeo clowns. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you're like, thank you. You know what? We've got such a great shorthand where <laughs> I can just throw out one word and you're like, I got it. Rodeo clowns. <laughs> That's what she's talking about. Yes. Uh, so I recognize that being a rodeo clown is a specific skill that is important that keeps the show going. But no rodeo clown thinks that he is the same as the actual bullfighter. Yeah, you, you get me. That <clears throat> the the rodeo clown serves to set up the show for the bullfighter. They are not the same as the bullfighter. And if you're a comic who can do the rodeo clown skills and shit, that's beautiful, and I love it. And I'm not gonna name names, but there's wonderful comics that I love who are ex- excellent hosts who make a great show happen who are great at fucking diffusing drunks in the audience, you know, like uh, controlling the room, who honestly can manage a fucking room. That is not the same skill as being a good stand-up comic. There are good stand-up comics who have the jokes, but they can't control a room if everyone before and after them set them up to be wild and out. You know, (laughs) like they're just like, there are some that are quiet. There are some that are characters. There are some that are... Their job is not to control the room. These are different skills, and I just don't think they should be conflated. I agree. And I think Manhattan is very MC-ish. Okay, but we're yeah. 40 minutes in. I got to keep cooking, so I'm not even near okay, getting go, attacked. Go, go. 
So I know. I know. We didn't even get to the attack. No, oh I, but I'm trying. <laughs> like, <to> work, <laughs> okay. I'm working there. Just sorry, follow sorry, me. Follow I'm me. Shutting up. Okay, go, go, go. So then the next thing that happened is that a couple weeks ago, that fucking Ian Fidance clip came out where he recorded a set of himself. Yes. And this is an Ian I haven't seen. You understand? I'm telling you the story. Like, we were friends back in the day. He was into punk yeah, rock and yeah. shit. I saw him go off this path and I was like, well, see you later. I wonder what's going to happen to that guy. And here's where he reemerges in my life. <laughs> He's wearing a fucking suit, which like fuck that like that i hate it when comics be, decide they're gonna become a suit person yeah. to become a real comedian you were shut up right that's for old people uh so he's wearing a suit <laughs> and he's delivering what is like explicit anti-communism which if you understand if you know your history the fascists are the yeah the <laughs> the CIA and legit Nazis are the people is who delivering like delivering CIA lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like most liberals will be like, oh, communism yeah. is complicated, but he's like bat like bashing it with like saying the words yeah. out loud and stuff, and you know doing this weird like and pandering though to where he thinks you know people are at these days, which is oh, oh hey, we all know capitalism's bad, right? Ah, yeah, you know I, I'm down, but, but it's not as bad as this, right? Communism, Just, yeah. You have the politics of Winston. Churchill and you're doing punk yeah. comedy what the fuck is wrong with you right so he's he's saying it's that insulting. it is insulting Ian if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking anti-communist CIA talking point bullshit yeah. which I fucking told him when he said that to me to begin with like that is yeah. this is bad like you should not think this uh, and I'm fucking glad I saw it come back and kick his ass because like you should listen to me but also like doing this fucking thing of bashing Brooklyn, which is a boomer joke, and also bashing polyamorous people in Brooklyn, which is like totally. Ian, you're queer. Like those are your fucking people. You're queer. You idiot. Yes. What like, are you doing? Like I don't think people really put that together. And I know it's nuanced. And I know there's queer people who would be like, I don't personally, you know, I yeah. Know, and they're but, queer but they're people who are minority, trans. actually, and they don't realize that. Well, they're doing what he's doing. They're, you're like a black cop. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, you are the thing, yeah. but you're against the thing. Like no. The family unit is inherently again, patriarchal. Black cop is a minority in comparison to black communities, right? Yeah, so, right, exactly. So it's a perfect analogy that Jake just made. <laughs> and the reason that people are doing this shit in Brooklyn, which you're correct to identify, and you know that because you live there, you idiot. What are you doing jokes about Brooklyn? Like, yeah. you live there. Why'd you move there? Is because yeah. people move to places like this. A, a tiny minority of people that exist on the fringes of society to try that, to be free to try to be free to be yeah. like themselves and the, framing it as if it is a fucking punchable thing as if it is like something that deserves to be ridiculed like that subtly implies that it is oppressive right because that's yeah. who we punch with comedy and whenever we say oh no 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 I don't believe if I punch in all directions you're fucking lying everyone you have, you have the same brain and the same philosophy as everybody how are queer people punching you down right? or any it's, of the people at the cellar let's say like i don't want to make it personal to ian but like let's say like how like how do pronouns hurt you you already use pronouns yeah <laughs> you know like how does the way that somebody else lives their life yeah. fucking bother you and he said yeah. this thing he said um like some dumb joke about how oh you know how they're annoying at parties which is like what huh yeah. like no one can bring an example of i was at a party and like then somebody was talking to me loudly about being polyamorous and there's a huge yes fallacy here a logical fallacy in it which is that this is the same thing that happens with vegans there used to be all these punchlines about vegans back in the day like how do you know it's a vegan so is vegan yeah. they'll tell you well think about it this way how do you know like do you ask every single person you've ever met what their dietary restrictions are 
probably a lot of those fucking people were vegans and they didn't tell you, which completely mm-hmm. like nullifies the point you're making, which is yeah. it's not an identity thing. It's like somebody did that for it's personal that you're reasons. It's thinking of two people that mentioned to you that they were vegan. Yeah, and you're also <laughs> doing it because comedy yeah. is fucking social and you're doing yeah. it to throw red meat at another person that you know will fucking chomp on it, right? And that's yeah. the audience. The audience he's pandering to is conservative and they fucking hate people in Brooklyn that are living outside of the rules of society. And there's also something important, I think, to consider here, Jake, which is um, sometimes, uh, you know, like we were talking about the self-hating Jew concept before or self-hating queer or whatever. Uh, I think what when people say self-hating X, what they actually mean is that this person wants to somehow compromise their identity with what they want to achieve and what is safe for them to achieve. And so they choose to walk the safe path and become that voice, whether it's the black Republican, right? Or the gay who, uh, or the trans person who's like, I am anti pronouns or whatever. Like it is, uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to bring up the morning show because this like white woman, co-host person she represents this idea which is whatever position you start at if you can clearly see what benefits you and what benefits your career and therefore what benefits everyone who's associated to you whether it's your kids your parents your community whatever you understand where you have to compromise and what path you have to walk up to do the thing that makes it okay for everyone. And it's weird how some people, I guess, how we like, like, um, I guess, how do you say, like, um, make those two things work together, which is the self, the actual self, uh-huh. and then the path that you're supposed to walk down, right? Uh huh. It's, again, a problem of compartmentalization. And I think one of the things that you and I share is the idea that compartmentalization is bad because it is a splitting of the cycle, right? Yeah. you agree with me? And that instead, what we should be doing is, like, walking down paths that reunite the different parts of our psyche and try to make a whole person out of all of our different conflicting sides of ourselves, right? Right. And they are doing the opposite. They're choosing to say, my identity is separate from my actions, which is not a premise I accept. Yeah, totally. And they're also, it's also, it's unhealthy for them, but it's also like materially bad for other people. Like they're doing this to support a system that enslaves all of us and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. get ahead on the ladder a few rungs and be like, oh, he, 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 I got away. But like, fuck you. Like, I see what you're doing. Right. And then to representationally be like, oh, but look, I'm a queer person at the top of this ladder. Yeah. Like you push this all down to get to the top of it. Right. You're like one person. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the, Fuck, where was I? Uh, so that video came out. He put it out like on purpose, right? And what's interesting about that is that like on Instagram, it like um, it did it didn't crash as hard as it did on Twitter. Twitter is where like internet communists live, right? 
but he got fucking rolled. And what's so interesting about it to me is that he put it out himself. He was like, check this out. This is great, yeah, right? This is great comedy. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, I saw it. You sent it to me. A bunch of people sent it to me. I was like, oh, Ian, like, Jesus Christ, man. This is what you fucking turned into. But what I think is like really interesting about him is that he's in that world, right? And he's in this world full of people that, you know, get funding from the libertarian party and stuff and like um, work with really shady people and platform neo-Nazis and hate me and fucking do all this stuff. Uh, but what the, this reminded me a lot of when Kanye started saying Nazi shit out loud and all yeah. of the alt-right grifters around him were like, no, 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 don't say that. Like, you're not supposed to actually come out and say that because a lot of the people that he fucking pals around with hang out and pretend to be socialists to, to fucking push their shit because socialism is real hip among the kids yeah. right now. But then they push these, like, conservative politics and stuff like that. And the thing that they sell is this idea that you can have, like, basically conservative politics and say all the fucking slurs and shit, uh, but still be, like, materialist uh, socialist. And like, he, I don't think they understand that he, like... He's a great litmus test for someone that you just steeped in that tea for long enough and they came out and they were like, communism's bad. Like, that's what all of that stuff is consistent with fucking fascist politics. So, like, True. he blew I up their feel whole like he game. was a nice boy <laughs> and then you ruined him. <laughs> but it's like, it's because he's naive and he, like, didn't know, like, he's not in on the grift. So he's just hung around and <sighs> absorbed all yeah. their politics and shit, you know, which is sad. Well, and approval, um, Dude, approval goes Lucy. a long way. That is Lucy being like, yes, I love <laughs> it when somebody gives me some head rubs and tells me everything I'm doing is great. And that's what I'm saying is happening with some of these, um, <laughs> you know, especially like, look, uh, being a counterculture person, as much as people try to think like, oh, if you're like a edgelord or whatever, you like, you like fucking poking at people and making things difficult. And I just want to say, like, as a person who, before I even knew the word edgelord, since I was like, Jake, I was like 11 <laughs> when I already started being the asshole to my family, being like, I have a few questions about Christianity. What about colonialism? Let's talk about Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, literally, since I was like fucking 11 years old. And people joke about it as like a Debbie Downer thing, but like, it is not, uh, it's not easy. It's not fun to be the person who is always poking a hole into somebody else's fun. You know, like I'm not, I never enjoyed being the person, Thanksgiving dinner is delicious. <laughs> I don't be here telling you that it's racist and it's horrible, but I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then it's like, so I am not ignorant. I understand the other side of that. I understand that if it feels so bad to be the person that pops everyone's bubble, right, that makes everyone sad about the thing that they enjoy, I understand that the opposite side of that must be when you encourage it, when you engage with it, it makes everybody happy and it makes everybody feel good and then that makes you feel good. Because if I feel bad every time I point out to my family that this is capitalism or that this is communism, uh, sorry, uh, or that this is colonialism, then those of you out there who engage and support and reify everything about traditionalism and colonialism and capitalism 
I understand that you're getting a dopamine hit that I never get, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I I get why it's difficult to step out and be like, no, this feels good, but this is wrong. I resent the fact that people think that people like me and you are being resistant to the dominant culture because it's fun or rewarding in some way. No, it's complete suicide. But like Exactly. It's shooting yourself in the fucking face. Nobody likes you. Like the main reason I never wanted to have kids is because, because like what kind of kid am I going to have if I teach this child gender's not real, religion's not real, patri- uh, patriotism. <laughs> That kid's going to get beat up every single fucking day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, They're not going to find any reason to try to achieve anything. It's just like. It's crazy, though, from these people's point of view, because, like, I, you know, read some of the shit that they tweet at me and stuff. And, like, what keeps getting what I keep getting accused of by, like, Ian's fans and stuff like that. Ian's fans. Let's say that. Um, Is that. (laughs) Is that. I think that what they think that's happening is that I'm a comedian, so I must also really want to be a big star and make lots of money. And so since I'm not, it must be that I'm bad at it. And what's then the anti-capitalism is me going, oh, it wasn't my fault. It's capitalism. And that's like a distortion. I don't. I don't Same even like comedy. Like, this is crazy, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I understand because I've been in to reiterate i've been this person i remember being really obsessed with comedy and being a psycho who did nothing but listen to podcasts all day while yeah. working and just sort of reifying and going down these wormholes and stuff and thinking that this was the entire world and like i worked my way out of that and now i'm like dealing with a bunch of other guys that are like that they're like i'm like i escaped from a cult and i'm like nope fuck god i'm gonna yeah. get killed by the cult now you know but um, anyway, we got, so we're almost at an hour. I got to keep moving, right? So th- what happened here? We haven't even gotten to what happened. I know. <laughs> so- <laughs> I love it. Jake, no, I love it. We're going to keep everybody <laughs> right on the edge of their fucking seats. We might even end this episode without telling No, you. I want to tell the story. <laughs> I fucking guy almost tried to kill me. So fucking I the reason I brought, gave all that background or whatever is because like if I was a gambling man, you know, I guess that I think that's probably what motivated that guy who's stalking me because you think because of the Ian clips. That would be my guess. I mean, I don't know what like uh, he it just you that can't possibly know. I it feel was, like that's a guess. It well, it was the most recent thing that caused a bunch of those people to fucking flood my mentions and inbox and stuff like that right and so like i've had a lingering they're kind of like getting herpes or something like i've you i go oh i I got them right now that's what i tell people in my life particular guy was just busy for the last few months (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i was thinking about this it'd be be funny if he was like a liberal that was mad about the you've all to be kidding me thing or whatever yeah yeah yeah, exactly and he's like i just haven't had time to to find you until this month (laughs) (laughs) but um no i I, i'll tell you my theory on it um you know how selena was shot by the president of her fan club yeah, I think that's kind of what's going on there. By your family. Well, I fans. think that guy is the president of my fan club. Like, I think that what happened is totally because I, I agree. 
because I used to be on, you know, I'd go on Town and shit like that. And so what these guys do is that they, whenever there's like a new character gets introduced into your parasocial yeah. thing you're obsessed with, you're like, oh, who's this? You know, and you incorporate them into your little fucking soap opera in your head. And so I think, you know, and what, when that was happening, I would get weird DMs that weren't threatening. They were just like weird conversations people were just Super having personal. with me. Yeah. But I would be start, it would start in the middle of a conversation someone was just yeah. having with me and they'd just be like, Jake, Jake, Jake. And I said this a long time ago on Twitter and some dumbass motherfucker who's really popular on Twitter got, tried to give me shit over it and I turned to this whole thing. But I, this is what I was talking about. I said a long time ago uh, that <laughs> if you start referring to People on podcasts you listen to casually just by their first name, that's the first sign that you have brain damage from the internet. You have a problem, yeah. You're just walking around and you're like, and then Jimmy said this, you know, and you're talking about like Jimmy Dore or whatever. Like, oh, no, no, no. I know that. I know your imaginary friend. And I I know that because I fucking did it because I used to be addicted to other podcasts. And so uh, this guy came up. So here's what happened, right? I was uh, getting off the fucking L, which is a bus right now, to go to Union Pool to go (laughs) to my fucking show. And uh, I have a habit of getting to shows kind of early. Which is a great show once a month. It was. Union pool. Check it out. <laughs> fucking. I love that venue. I love everyone on that show. Fucking show is great. Uh, highly recommend Windbreaker. Go check it out. So I was walking up to the door and I was like in my head because like, man, I had been like, I was kind of hungover. I was feeling rough. I was kind of going through some separate shit that just had me not yeah. in a good mental place. And I was really tired, and I remember I woke up, and I was like, I got to do this fucking show. I got to get my head together. All right, it's my only good thing for the day. Just just fucking go do the set and do it right. So I drank a Red Bull to fucking get myself awake. And then as I was, like, kind of starting to feel it, I'm walking in the door, and that guy is, like, waiting by the door. And he says, uh, he looks at me, he goes, hey, Jake, hey, 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 I got to talk to you. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, come with me. And I am kind of like shaken out of my haze for a second. And I go, huh? What the? And the first thing I thought was like, oh, this is a show. Maybe this is a comic. And I don't remember meeting this guy. And I'm like, um, oh, you know, fuck. Or, ah, I'm an asshole. Right. So I kind of yeah. don't react at first. I'm like, huh? Yeah. What's up, guy? And then he grabs my fucking jacket and he starts pulling me and i'm like oh whoa i know who you are because i immediately remembered the same thing happened in my head when i when i met luis gomez (laughs) when he tried to fucking (laughs) fight me um is that he was kind of doing the same uh, i went through the same thing i went who the fuck is oh that guy so uh i figured out what was happening real quick and i shoved him off of me and i was like i don't want to fucking talk to you and uh he starts you know fucking grabbing at me and shit and I was just on my way in the door. I was behind that guy who looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. And I was like, hey, I'm going to hang out with this guy. He's cool. And I uh, <laughs> kind of slid in the door. And then I pulled it closed behind me. Because I remember thinking, like, well, there's not a cover. Like, why isn't he in the bar if he wanted to do this? Oh, because he wanted to fucking do something, right? So as I pulled the door shut, he starts yelling at through because the, there's a window on the door, right? And so he started yelling, I'm going to come to every one of your shows, right? Um <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, Louisa, like, fucking, we've been doing this too Sorry, long. I don't mean to laugh. No, but I know, but it is funny. And you know, I think it's funny, but I yeah. also, like, this is terrifying. Fucking weird. Yeah. Like, like, I know. No, I uh, would. Jake, if you were a girl, everybody would be making, like, a, We will get to that point in a fucking right second, Louisa, because I have something to say about that, right? But, like, this. So, this guy, he's young. I'm going to come to every one of your shows. And I'm like, yeah. um, you know, I kind of got him. I'm the upper hand in this situation. So, I gave him the finger through the window, right? Right? And then he punched the window and he like looked like he hurt his hand. He fucked the door up apparently a little bit and uh, everything was going fine. I think fine. that's probably when I walked up. 
And the guy was yelling at him. Well, I think it was a little after this because okay. what, what happened is the security guy came over, and this is the same fucking thing that happened at the stand when Lewis attacked me, which is it. And I, you were also part of the. Pool. I understand. <laughs> I work in bars. I get what's happening here. Yeah. He just sees two people fighting, and yeah. security's job is not actually to protect you; it's to protect the bar from like liability yeah. shit. So what he does is he goes, "Hey, you out." And I go, oh, fuck, because I realized that was happening. And I was like, okay, uh, listen, man, I, this guy's like a stalker. Like, I'm a comic. I'm on yeah. the show. Please just hear me out. And he's like, no, 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 you out, you out. And I'm like, fuck, no, please, dude. Because, like, there's a rabid human outside that like, wants to bite me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. don't fucking make me go out there. I got to do a show. Like, you know, and Emily came over and she fucking saved the day. And she was like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, this guy's on the show. Please just let him yeah. in. And he did. And it was cool, right? And then that's probably when you came in right after that and then yeah, we all yeah. fucking talked and stuff and I did the set I made fun of him I think it went pretty well I'm the person performing so my opinion doesn't matter on that but I think I did a pretty good job he did well he ran the light I already judged I know I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but he did really well he just ran the light but I fucking <laughs> I uh, I ended up talking to the bar staff about it I give the security guy a 20 I was like thank you you know yeah. <laughs> sorry I, I, I'm the annoying thing that happened to you at work yeah. Um. And uh, I talked to like some of the staff about it, and one of the guy, one of the bartenders, was like, "Oh, I'm a, I play punk music and shit, and been in bands. I had a stalker uh, a few years ago until I beat the shit out of him in the gas station." <laughs> I was like, "Cool, man. Okay, so you kind of understand Do what's you happening here." Beat the shit out of my stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this dude was tiny. I think I could take him, but like, it's still like he was little, but he was also rabid, as you said. He, I mean, mm, he can't. was. No, I wouldn't fight him. He was mentally ill like he could have a gun yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like i don't fucking he had nothing to lose no he yeah. was like really mm, dangerous feeling like it was a real he I don't trust any of this yeah. clearly had been having an argument with me in his head for a very long time which is why i mentioned that first yeah. name thing because this is a stranger and yeah. he's like jake jake he just starts calling me like by my name yeah. like we're like friends or whatever and he's like i want to talk to you so like that happened and then like Man, it was just so chaotic because I, I felt myself shoot full of adrenaline. And then I was like, okay, I know what that is. My body thinks I'm supposed to be in a fight right now. It doesn't just go away when, it, when you're not. And then I was like, well, I guess I can use that for the stage. So I had a kind of a high energy set. And then, you know, I just hung out and I've just sort of rolled around and, and observed people's various takes on this, which was very interesting. And like, <laughs> wait, pause before you go into takes. I got to pee. Okay. Pause. Be right back. <laughs> All right. I want to hear the takes. All right. Oh my god. Okay. Uh so one thing that um ha one take, right, which is uh well, we just kind of hinted at, which is like, you know, some people are like, "Oh, uh wow, that sucks." But like, you know, you asked for this, right? Which is like <laughs> True what to were you wearing, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a degree to which I court these people for, like, comedy. But, uh, but also, a... you're allowed to wear whatever the fuck you want to wear. Well, right. And if we like comedy here, then I'm allowed yeah. to do comedy about fucking conservatives. Like, that's not... What world do we live in where we're like, well, you shouldn't say that unless you want them to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. That's how I feel <laughs> in the sense of, like... Um... I have opinions about comics. Like, I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, this week, I retweeted some some person that I followed made a joke about Mark Norman. Uh -huh. And I retweeted it, you know? And then I felt bad because I was like, oh, does this seem like I'm, like, talking shit about Mark Norman? But no, it's a fucking joke at Mark Norman's expense. That was really funny. It was, like, a joke that was like, oh, everybody's really worried about AI taking over writing comedy. 
as though we don't already know what would happen if an AI wrote comedy and it wouldn't just be Mark. Because <laughs> he sounds like a robot, yeah. Yeah. And it's a fucking funny joke because he's a fucking robot comedy that, guy. I would dare even say that's just like a roast. Like, Easy. that's not even like a yes, fucking... Yes, exactly. I know. But then that's what I mean of like, uh, if you understand that what I already like and I enjoy doing is making fun of everything and having an irreverence towards everything. It also includes having an irreverence towards comics and towards comedy. And yet somehow that's like a taboo subject. Yeah. Comedy is only sacred cow is itself. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah, It's so fucking usually when it's embodied in a human comedian with a fragile ego, but like, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, don't I make fun of everything? Don't make fun of me. It's a weird fucking uh, yeah, yeah. double standard, right? But like, um, so I was thinking about that gender thing though, because like, I just I <laughs> let me tell you something. I th- I feel like I'm gonna make a bunch of points I've already made on this show at various times, but here they all are bundled together. That is what we do all the time. I <laughs> fucking detest the word bully because. When it gets thrown at me a lot, and like I have a lot of people who have just been like, um, "Oh, you're you like think you're a bully." No, they think I'm being bullied, which I think is a gendered term. Now, follow me, right? So, like, okay. I talk a lot about how there's these fucking horde of Nazis and shit that are like on my shit all the time, like a fucking case mm-hmm. of bed bugs or herpes or whatever. And a lot of people, I think, just think I'm making it up or that I'm crazy. It's kind of why I'm glad that guy did that shit because it was in front of a bunch of people, and I was like, "Look, yeah. this thing I'm talking about is real." Like, it's kind yeah. of vindicating. But By that guy, he means at Union Pool. Yeah. But um, but a lot of times when I talk about this sort of stuff, you know, I talk very specifically about the political inclinations of what's going on and uh, the threats and the harassment and stuff like that. And like how uh, this is like I'm both making jokes about this and I'm like having a PTSD reaction because a person is threatening my life. You understand? That's just how I roll. I don't know. I'm a fucked up person. I'm an edgelord. I'm just like you. Right. But uh, this is like a very serious thing. Someone following you around and threatening you. Right. And I was thinking, like, the, but what a lot of people do when I talk about this sort of thing is they go, like, oh, Jake, you're like, um, you you speak out a lot about bullies, right? And I'm like, that is, that is a really infantilizing way to describe what I'm talking about. And it makes it seem easy to sweep away. And uh, here's the thing. If a woman told you that a man followed her through a dark you alley and threatened her... Yeah. Oh, this guy's bullying you? No, you would yeah. say, like, this is a fucking Law & Order episode. <laughs> like, this guy's trying yeah. to kill you or whatever. And uh, yeah. I think it's used to uh, make it seem less serious when men are targeted by dangerous people. Like, and uh, so I yeah, fucking, right. fuck you. I want to slap that person. I mean, this fucking guy was no, killed you're me. right. I mean, I would even go so far as to say, like, I don't, I think bullying is really bad and really negative and really, like, Part of the reason people kill themselves and part of the reason like people don't achieve their full potential and have like PTSD for the rest of their life. Bullying is not, it's like being like, oh, oh, you didn't get raped. He just sort of said stuff to you or he sort of grabbed your butt. (laughs) And it's like, you're minimizing something that still makes you feel unsafe in the world. That's still, I don't know, man, it's not okay. Like, it's just. Well, Especially when it's something that's done purposefully to minimize others in order to aggrandize yourself. It's there's a circular logic here though, where yeah. this is why I'm like throw the word out altogether because like, you know, you could 
that you could make similar arguments and people did make similar arguments about women being fucking raped where they would just go like, oh, that just happens in college. Like, remember fucking yeah. uh, the Supreme Court justice guy or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Brett they, Kavanaugh. Right. They all testified and said like, yeah. ah, you know, that was just what we did back then. And the it's like, boys. yeah, that was a serious fucking thing you committed against that woman. But when you Ooh. go like, well, I mean, they kind of did this bullying thing. Or like, ah, you know, that's just everybody gets raped in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, which is insane. Boys don't know until they're like 25 that they shouldn't drag a woman behind a dumpster and <laughs> fucking hit her over the head before they fuck her. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. And you're, you're right. I mean, I, bullying is, is like extremely. Like it's not okay either. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like um, it is a product of patriarchy that we think that bullying is somehow a lesser crime to stalking, let's say. Because what you're doing is hypervaluing femininity as a uh, uh, a a like soft value asset that you need to protect, whereas you're framing any male who gets put through the same exact situation, they're just being bullied. They can't stand up to the patriarchy. So it is this like understand that this. It's it's honestly not gendered. It's um, a patriarchal thing. Like oh, I don't want to open a new a whole new can of worms right when we're gonna end, Jake. <laughs> but I might, I might. But we can go long. I don't give a shit. I know, and I'm gonna tell you this. Um, as I keep thinking about it, and I really think that the problem in our society is people being patriarchal and not realizing that they're patriarchal. So like, there are a lot of Women, for example, feminists, women who think they're feminists, who are actually patriarchal women. So TERFs, for example. TERFs, TERFs stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. But in reality, a woman who is a TERF is neither a feminist nor a radical. She is a woman who's, who believes 100% in patriarchy. Okay who believes that women's value and power is in their proximity to male power and that any trans person who wants access to their value as women is trying to take their power from their proximity to male power. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like they're, they're not threatened in the category of women. They're threatened in the category of proximity to power. Okay. Let's think about why trans men are not as inflammatory to the culture, let's say. And the reason is honestly because, I I mean, I guess in my opinion, is because trans women simultaneously threaten patriarchal men and patriarchal women. They threaten patriarchal men because if you're attracted to them, then it automatically puts you in a dangerous position. And then they threaten patriarchal women because if you are attached to this patriarchal man and he's attracted to a trans woman, he is devalued, which means you are devalued because you are attached to him. You get me? Uh Whereas trans men do not pose that threat to patriarchy because they are not devaluing masculinity. They're not putting men in a position where they are being devalued. They're not putting women in a position where they are being displaced in their proximity to power. 
They're just hanging out. They're just hanging out. Yeah, it's it's just weird. We'll, we'll talk about that separately. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting that we keep trying to talk about things about like progressive or conservative or feminist or tri- or traditional, but a lot of it really is whether we're patriarchal or not. Whether how you believe and act and live in the world is about reifying the patriarchy or challenging it. And I would say something like Ian, who we were talking about earlier, or, you know, these comics who uh, want to serve the majority and just get the, like, approval back. You're all patriarchal comics. Patriarchy and capitalism are the dominant forms of culture. And realizing that serving the dominant forms of culture is more profitable to you than not doesn't make you a hero. It makes you a sellout. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why uh, I'm, I'm like an anti-artist. Like you do a Travis said this thing recently. He yeah. says he wrote this long Twitter thread, but part of it was about how, like, as soon as you start making any money as an artist, you immediately have to serve the fucking status quo, which is why yeah. art is just never subversive. It just almost never yeah. is or whatever. And like, I think that's kind of true. That's why I don't care. That's why I don't like, I'm not this person that these people are like imagining to me to be where I'm like, you know, dreaming of like a fucking career. I think that sucks. Like, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just hanging out being a dude, man. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So like that also like just get back to the takes or whatever. Like, I bull whatever we can talk about this bully thing a lot. There's a lot of facets to it, but like I, uh, I'm a I'll bully this motherfucker. Bully his teeth out of his fucking mouth. Like I'm like not. <laughs> I don't like being portrayed as like a little helpless baby here because like I am not. And the reason that this shit is all happening is because I'm not gonna roll over whenever some little fucking yeah. fascist prick decides he wants to fuck with me. I'm like, well, who's cons- portraying you as a little helpless baby? Me? I just right think now? I just think the word bullying like is an easy way to reduce that. Not you. Uh, people. Mm, no, I want to say like, okay, I want to say that um, accepting that bullying is real and not diminutive is a way to get back at patriarchy because for most boys and men, that is the way that you are experiencing. I disagree. I think either yeah. call it that with women or don't fucking use the word at all because you're just using it to dodge no, gender because, shit. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Because what about, okay, so you're not considering women like a uh, lady bullying. Let's call it that. <laughs> so lady bullying is very different from boy bullying because it is not overt in the way that you guys are mean to each other. It is very much like emotional and like shutting people out and like secret network fucking talking shit about someone. So bullying is not something that just has one single facet of like there is a victim and an oppressor. Okay, but that's not following someone to their home and threatening them. Mm, No, I guess not. But nobody is somebody calling that bullying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like I this is this guy that's fucking stalking that's me. Fucking stalking you. But yeah. this is what I'm saying is that I fucking shout from the rooftops like this is happening and this is fucked up and people go, yeah. "Oh, you're like an anti-bully guy." Is what people, oh, no, people no, use no. to okay, reduce no, what I'm talking about. No, 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 about, no, no. I agree with you. I do have a whole thing where I don't think we should be minim- minimizing bullying, but I agree with your point. I don't I don't think anybody should be calling you being stalked to a place of business. 
booing. That's fucking stalking. Yeah, I mean, and there's just like, a, I don't know, whatever. There's a yeah. whole entire spectrum of other shit that I have been like talking about because this this person is an example who materialized in real life of a bunch of shit. I've been trying to tell people around me for a long yeah. time is happening to me and I've been getting like the tinfoil hat treatment. Like, oh, you're crazy, yeah. right? And like part of it is, but then another part of it is like because- That sucks. I, you shouldn't be friends with those people that give you- I feel like everyone does, man. It's crazy. But like the I mean, fuck, you know, I just ran into some comics a while back and like uh, they were working on a script and one of them like they're friendly people. One of them was like, um, oh, hey, you can read it and tell me if anything is in it is offensive or whatever. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? OK, so because I fucking talk about these people and fuck with them because I think they're bad and wrong. Now I'm getting portrayed in the comedy world as like a narc, which is crazy because mm-hmm. I'm a criminal. <laughs> like I'm the opposite <laughs> of a fucking narc. <laughs> but like yeah. that is fucking that's annoying. And it's like so I think what a lot I think what I'm getting at here is this thing is so fucking hard to look at directly in the yeah. face. Like what's going on? It's so evil that people find ways of working around it and reducing it to help them get through their day. And like one of those yeah. things is just looking at me and going okay, well, A, you're either being bullied or B, you're like, you're provoking all this stuff, which is like, yeah. you know, there's, it's a cycle and I don't think, I, I will argue that I did not start it. I started it by existing and then fucking a long time ago, people started fucking with me. that's what makes it exactly a, what are you wearing? What were you wearing? That's what I'm fucking saying. Like, that's, that's yeah. my point of view here. But the thing is, you know, okay, so another thing I've been thinking about a lot is like, I've talked to a lot of women who have dealt with these same people and a lot of them, especially the ones that are comics, will tell me, um, yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, I've had this happen. Um, why don't you just leave them alone and just ignore them or whatever? And I'll go, well, that sort of enables them to keep going and to keep fucking with other yeah. people and to keep fucking with me. And a lot of them, especially the ones who are comics, will go like, well, it's bad for your career. That's why I didn't do anything is because it's bad for my career. But a lot of them also will just be like. They're fucking terrifying. So like I just yeah. keep my head down and if I stay and still try not to they yeah. ignore me. So like But do you feel like me where you're like, I'm not scared. Right. So I will be the one to fight this battle, I guess, for all of you. Well, I, I feel like as a comedian, yeah. if I'm not doing that, then what the fuck am I doing? Like what is the point of this at all? You know? Well, but a lot of comedians think that their point is to get lo- get money but i'm like you know i was reading john waters earlier talking about like subversion and shit and like i think a lot of comics don't think their job is subversion i know they suck (laughs) yeah they they think their job is pandering well no actually you know what i disagree serving serving i think a lot of comics understand on a subliminal level that their job is pandering but they like to think that that pandering is subversion even though it is like fundamentally impossible to you can't be doing both yeah yeah but like people want to think of themselves as contributing yeah. to the artist's you know project of subversion in yeah. whatever way like liberals would be like my, oh. my favorite comics make me feel bad about myself <laughs> 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 like, make me think about like oh god maybe i'm just like i'm really being real easy on myself thinking about it <laughs> you know <laughs> uh they yeah i, I don't I mean, I I just see stand-up comedy. Part of the reason that I love it so much, Jake, is that I think that the magic in it is finding that fucking perfect spot where you're pushing the entire room past their comfort zone 
but also finding a way to like tickle them and make them feel good <laughs> and like i don't know tickle their balls while you're being like oh you're so stupid <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know that's what i like the best comedy i've ever seen does that to me it simultaneously makes me feel justified and good and seen in some of my point of view points of view but also pushes back in some of them and makes me feel stupid and old or dumb or, you know, like I, I just don't see how serving perfectly un unconflicting, I don't know, like not problematic in any way kind of comedy is doing comedy. Well, I think that, the way that this works though is perspective. Like I think people that go to fucking Manhattan and get in front of a bunch of conservative ass middle class tourists and say things them. like yeah. everyone in Brooklyn is poly and has blue hair, they yeah. think everyone in that room thinks that they are being subversive because they live in a inside out funhouse mirror world yeah, where right. Brooklyn is the hege hegemonic cultural thing yeah. on earth because like Lena Dunham had a TV show or some shit. Mm -hmm. But it's like not. It's and it's, it's not, and this is yeah. why it always comes back to fucking Marx is is materially not. <laughs> like we don't yeah. have material power even if we have there like is, there's no taxation and representation for the polyamorous. <laughs> there is no systematic uh accounting for how we live. Nobody's crediting us. We don't. Nothing about how we live our lives is part of the systems in the world. Dude, another thing that fucking guy said is that uh, this is the thing that really – they all were bad. But this one I've been really chewing on is that he's, he's talking about people in Brooklyn and he said like, oh, you want to be like a permanent child and read Chomsky until you're 30 and live in Brooklyn <laughs> – and not have like a real job. And it's like, motherfucker, <laughs> you are pretending to be a professional comedian. That is not a real job, even when people get paid to do it. It's fake. Like it's fucking made up bullshit. And like reading theory is good for your brain and working is like yes. honest. Like that's an adult. What the fuck are you oh, talking about? Jake, not just that, but there's also like, man, look, I'm the child of a of young parents, right? Of uh, parents who really didn't have a choice, they didn't even know that they could do anything to have children. And it is pretty insane to me that anyone would argue for anyone reading a book and learning more before they have children, before they get married, before they vote a certain way. <laughs> like... How, like, how is you want to read a book or a writer or a, a theoretician until you're 30 a fucking burn? It's crazy. I, I read Chomsky. Chomsky's not easy to burn? read. Well, the, the, yes. thing, the other thing, though, is that, like, he kept saying um, that he kept both accusing people of reading Chomsky and then also accusing people of not reading their history. Because he, <laughs> he kept backing up the anti-communist stuff with going, read yeah. your history. And the thing is, I know this guy. He doesn't fucking read. He does nine million open mics a night. There's no <laughs> amount of time in there for reading. I literally don't perform as much oh. as other comics. You know why? Because I Cause work and I read. <laughs> it takes I up know. most of my fucking time. It's true. I don't read as much as you. I did it during grad school and I 
don't recommend it. <laughs> well, I'm doing grad school on my own right now. I know, exactly. And I'm like, I don't recommend it. Big is going through a whole thing. I did it in my 20s. Don't do it. I'm reading <laughs> Gita Board right now, and it's melting oh, my fucking no. brain. But you know no. what? I didn't have time to work it in, but it's about <laughs> all of this is Gita Board. All of this is the spectacle. No, we have to stop. This is this is an extra long Jake episode for everybody that's missing Jake. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I told one story, and it took an hour and a half. I know. I did interrupt you a lot, and we did have to add a lot of stuff in there but that's there's, what happened dude there's the more fucking weirdo oh i know no it's no. fine it's fine it's fine no we got it we got to it the fucking no we didn't luisa i have thoughts that i want to put on my oh podcast. my god okay, okay it's go. okay we're done like well but like i had brimming with a give crazy us, thing happened to me of your thoughts in, you've been harassed and attacked, Jake. Give us five minutes. That's the, that's all you get. I, I hold out. It feels like I'm on the spot. It's weird. I feel like we very much landed this podcast, but I'm not. Like, no, I do have a lot to say about this. It's frustrating. Yeah, no. I feel like I'm not being heard, which is why I'm so fucking frustrated. Because like, I like this. This this triggered a lot of fucked up shit. In my central nervous system, and it had a we had a really bad couple of last days working through it because, like, you know, it's weird to like be paranoid and have like yeah. I got when I was on the bus on the way here or on the way to the show rather, there was a guy who looks a lot like a Nazi I know of on the internet on the bus, and I was like entertaining this delusion. I was like, I wonder if that's that guy. Do you think he's following me to the show? Like, I was literally thinking about that. <laughs> and then I stopped myself and was like, I'm being crazy. Like, that's like, that's, you know, maybe these people have yeah. a point and I'm like indulging too much in this shit or whatever. And then it actually happened. You understand? So like, that fucked with my I mean brain. But that's what I mean of this like, uh, decompartmentalization shit. Like, I, I don't know. I'm recognizing or admitting that people who are very compartmentalized, it is partially for safety, right? Because if they compartmentalize all their life, they can stay, um, they can keep a certain like personal separation between them and people that listen to them. They can um, keep those fans or weird people from knowing their personal connections and relationships. But they're also... Ugh, like not psychologically healthy, I think, if they're so subdivided within themselves. So I guess I want to, I don't have a conclusion. I just am very much recognizing that <laughs> being a non-compartmentalized person opens you up to having crazy stalkers like you have. Okay, I agree, but you did just say, Jake, go off for five minutes, and then I started talking, and then interrupted me, so... Oh, sorry, go off for No, it's minutes. fine. Like, I'm just gonna go yell at a fucking <laughs> person in an alley about this, because I, like, need to get this shit out of me. I f understand what it's go for it, go for it. Do you it, understand what it, it feels yeah, like? Time. To be, like, for years, like, fucking this shit is happening, and then have people just, like, dismiss it, and then, like, it materializes in real life. It fucking fucks up your brain, and it's, like, it's re triggering all this shit from being harassed three or four times over by these fucking people and it's been I, I you know I ran out of steam all right we're done with the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to talk about it I don't know go for it I'm out no I'm out of steam, but I'm listening <laughs> I'm, I'm Frazier right now I, I got we got sidetracked so much I can't remember the point I was trying to make I'm gonna remember it in an hour and I I'll tweet it 
No, I didn't, though. We did, maybe you did, but we didn't. What is the point that you haven't made? I don't remember, because I have ADD, and when we do podcasts, we go off on all these tangents and shit, and then I'm like, wait, what was that thought? You know when it's drifting away, and you're like, what? No, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I do. (laughs) (laughs) All the time, I do. Uh, But I guess we'll catch you next time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. I'm going to write a book about this eventually. I just have to <laughs> win a million dollars and buy a cabin. <sighs> this guy could know where I live. He could know where I work. Like, this is fucking fucked up, dude. And it's just, like, it's just insane. Like, a lot of people at that fucking show were, like, I was, like, a stalker. Like, a guy attacked me. And they were, like, yeah. why? Like, I don't understand. And I'd be, like, oh, my God. Like, you don't even know. And it made me realize how niche this fucking world is that we are constantly uh, doing battle with these people in because, like, we're the fucking brick wall that is, like, a Hegelian contradiction that they are smashing into. We're the only people that are serving as that wall. So this focus is, like, it's this very small scene that a lot of people are just going through life completely ignoring and unaware of and it feels very important to me but a lot of other people are just like oh hey yeah weren't you uh, with eve six i heard oh yeah (laughs) why does someone stalk you no fucking idea just completely alien and that was really weird you know um but then also okay i'm like losing it about this or whatever but a lot of people are also very supportive and fucking fine and cool Uh, i've had no it's it's a real thing man it sucks um whatever i'm not gonna get into it but i just generally think uh parasocial relationships and i feel like a year ago we started talking about two years ago we started talking about parasocial relationships and i'm just gonna say like i you know i'm not a performer like you i don't go around and i don't whatever i'm not a performer i'm not usually exposing myself to the public other than on this podcast really and while i have had some really awesome beautiful interactions with people who listen to us and who i'm like oh my god what a great letter you wrote to us or great conversation i had with somebody or something like that i have also really had some really creepy interactions Jake. and i can't imagine really being a performer who's actually out there as much as you guys are as comics because i'm not i'm not inviting people to come see me where I'm at every week or like any of that, you know? And yet I still have had some interactions where I'm like, yo, this is downright creepy. (laughs) Like it's creepy that you called me at my job or it's creepy that you like wrote me this email about my mom. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Just um, like overly personal sort of um, interactions, I guess. And for them to cross over into real life sometimes even when people mean well, they can be really scary. I don't know. Does that sound ungrateful? Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's exactly why I was talking about Selena's fucking president yeah. of her fan club. Because the thing yeah. is, when someone's a fan like that, it is a personal connection. And yeah. all that has to happen is that they have that connection and it switches from good to evil, like the back of that crusty doll from The Simpsons. Totally. All One thing has to happen where they go, oh, my God, this person is uh, the opposite. They, they contradicted, you know, what I thought of them what I expected, in yeah. their head. And when you, I mean, especially with like 
with politics, with with, with, with this anti-woke socialist shit that a lot of people were buying a few years ago, yeah. that's bound to happen because that isn't actually possible to do. It's a, it's a contradiction. So the, they would get connected to comedians and podcasters and shit like that within that world and then follow them long enough and go like, okay, so – I mean, this person has to adhere to this contradictory set of rules where you're like, I like Bernie Sanders, but also you should be able to say, you know, homophobic slurs. And all, for one person anywhere near that to have connections from those people and then to go, hey, I kind of don't think it's like good most of the time when you say that. Even like me, like I'm like, it's complicated. You know, say it with your gay friend and yeah. then it's funny. But in most contexts, not. Uh, all that causes someone to feel betrayed and then they switch and that is how you get assassinated <laughs> by a fucking fan man yeah. and it sucks and it's sad and the reason it's really sad is because of the first thing you said which is that I've had a lot of good experiences and this yeah. is kind of the world we live in right now like you can like log off I guess but like I think we very connecting. Much, we live the only way to connect is through this shit. <laughs> so yes, it's like no, and really Jake, dangerous. Um, you know, I often talk about one of these like sex therapists that I follow that I love, but like somebody recently asked her on Instagram, like, why do you think that non monogamy has become such a prevalent thing? And she just replied, like, I just think that this is a time in the world and in humanity where we are more connected than we have ever been. We have more opportunities to meet people than we ever had before. We used to live in very small worlds where we didn't ever meet anyone outside of our immediate circle that we were born into. And now we live in the opposite of that, where we have the ability to go find a whole different world that can be our brothers and sisters and our mates and our lovers and our fucking real matches in life, right? Yeah. And so to her, non-monogamy is not so much like a, a new bad thing or whatever that's coming up, but it's like a result of the fact that we used to live very in very small worlds. That's kind of why I don't want to options. Like when people are like, Oh, well, you know, all this shit would go away. People would stop trying to kill you on the internet. If yeah. you just like logged off or like whatever, or weren't such a public like, why person. Why would I want to make my world small? If, yeah. I, if I wanted to go pretend to be the type of person that yeah. marries the person they were dating in high school, yeah. yeah, I could do that. I could fucking cut off all this internet shit. But, like, yeah. the purpose of all of this social media shit that I've been doing with my career is these connections and, like, living As on you authentically. you open yourself up to good things, inevitably you will also open yourself up to the bad people that have bad things to say about it. But does that mean you shouldn't fucking be open to the good connections that you fucking invited i don't think so yeah i don't know a good metaphor for it but like i don't know maybe like the highway or something like you can yeah. die out driving a car or you can also go to yeah. disney world and have a great time and yeah, like yeah exactly you I can also be really good at driving fast <laughs> gonna have to just keep <laughs> yeah. driving because i don't want to lose the disneyland just because you could yeah. die or whatever although i moved yeah. to new york city because i wanted to okay whatever i don't want to drive <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah exactly it's difficult we're working out our allegories people but all this to say that there's different ways to live. Uh, tune into Why You Mad to hear all about the different ways to live that make us mad. <laughs> Listen, someone just needs to stalk me in a good way. So, like, come to my shows. And tell you you're wonderful and funny and nice. No, I mean, fucking look for that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and murder him or what? Just fucking just get him away. That's it. Don't murder him. He's a, that's a, I mean, honestly, like... 
<laughs> you know, I know I'm like a fucking guy and I'm angry and I'm full of adrenaline. And when something like that happens, I'm like, yo, I'll fucking kick this guy's ass. Right. But like, really? Like, Put him in therapy. <laughs> Dude, he's mentally ill. Like, I feel bad for this yeah. guy. I'm mad that yeah. society is what it is right now. I know. And it's I agree. So atomizing and so weird that this is all men have. It's just like. Okay, Jake. So now you understand how I'm a woman who's like constantly talking about how we have to help men. <laughs> because I I'm like. We're never going to stop these psychos from raping and murdering us and, and harassing us until we make them go to therapy. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I feel... And help them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's bigger than just therapy. Like, I don't think therapy is a band-aid no, that no, fixes no. everything. We need to heal society in like right, a but therapy real is way. part of it because therapy is the part that is about self-ownership, about like doing it yourself. But I also think the rest of us... Be, so like... Whatever, whatever. This is the whole other. We're gonna get into a whole end. Right. Wrap this fucking episode up. Jay. All right, all right. Let's just fucking. Well, anyway, here's uh, the shows I have coming up in case anyone wants to come <laughs> see me and stalk him. Don't hit him. Can you just come watch his jokes, please? Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Actually, I do have a show. Where the fuck is my phone? Uh, he doesn't know. I mean. Look, I have to keep advertising my shows, and the guy said I'm going to come to all of your shows, so he's going to come to this one no matter what. I feel like I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to see him. I'm going to try to talk him down. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to appeal to him and be like, "Man, why are you so mad? Is it really? Hey, Jake? are why? you mad at life? Are you mad at society? Are you mad at capitalism and displacing it onto Jake? How is Jake really the threat in your life?" You might even we just ask. Have a talk with this guy outside. The question: Why are you mad? Why are you mad, guy? <laughs> that's trying to beat up Jake. <laughs> that is what I would do. Oh, God. Okay, it's the twenty fifth. I should interview this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! How fucking stoned are you? This fucking episode. I. It's. <laughs> The 25th of March. I can't remember where. Just fucking look up my shit on social media. It's like an event with like a. What do you mean? Tell me where. It's where the, there's a band and then like a fucking town hall for Christian Gonzalez. And then I'm going to okay, be Okay, everybody check, about, it, check his pin tweet. I will be there because I all, if this sounds good. Live band plus Jake. I'm in. I want to see it. Check it out also. I have nothing. Whatever. There's regular shows. Follow me. Luis Diaz Nuts. Who gives a shit? Uh, Jake, point any bully my way. I'll beat them up. It's fucking not bullies. They're just psychotic. <laughs> Crazy fucking dislocated young men. Okay, also the dislocated young men. I'll beat them up. Okay, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you want to beat up a mentally lunatic person? Whatever. No, I, I, I beat them up. I mean, like, check them into a nice program. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to help you. And patriarchy hurts all of us. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to help all of us. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's, That's it. I am very high. <laughs> God damn it. You're, high. You're so high. All right. All right. We have to end. <laughs>